Children, I want you to come here just for a moment. Come up with me for a moment. Can you do that and just sit around me a little bit? You think you can do it? Yes? No? I've got to, I've got to show you some things. Come on up here. I won't, I won't bite, I promise. You can. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I've got some really cool stuff to show you. I really do. I know we don't normally do this, right? That's okay. All right? Let's just have a seat. Make yourself at home. All right? Let me ask you this. I want to ask you something first of all. Who made all the stuff in the earth? God. God. Yeah, you already know that, right? You guys are so smart. What's the coolest thing that you can think of that God made? I like the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. And I like the horses. You like horses? I like horses. That's good. I like ponies. Ponies? Baby ponies. Baby ponies. Oh, they're so cute. Sort of. And Wobbly. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I like teddy bears. Teddy bears. Yeah. I read about teddy bears today. Those are interesting. Uh, why they're called teddy bears. That's really interesting. Okay, um, well, actually, I have. Where did I do with my stuff? There it is behind me. Okay, got it. Well, I want to talk to you about what the Bible says about God creating, right? In, the, in Genesis 1, it says that God created everything, right? God created the heavens, the earth. You know, but what's interesting, in Genesis 1, it talks about little details. He created this, he created that, light, sun, moon, stars, planets, people, all that kind of stuff. But I think something's very interesting. What's the biggest thing you can think of that God created? Earth. Earth's pretty big, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Space. What's the smallest thing you can think of that God created? A seed. A seed. Wait, an atom. An atom. <laughs> ah, yeah. Well, you know, there's a word in, in the, on the Not sixth day. I understand that. My, my, I, maybe I can't speak about, real well. A-T-O-M. Atom. Okay. Toothless dragons. Dragons? I don't know anything about dragons. Well, actually, maybe. You know but toothless? But let, let me tell What? Toothless. 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 He is a kind of friendly dragon. Is he a nice, is he a nice dragon? That's what yes. I know. Okay, I like nice but dragons. But sometimes he's okay. mean and he shoots fire. And I'm not too good. I don't really like people to shoot fire at me, no matter no, what they are. He okay. fire at bad guys. Oh, okay, if it's bad. I still don't know if I like shooting fire. Okay, before we get off track, I want to talk about something. In, on the sixth day, there are many, many different days, all kinds of creation. What amazes me, on the sixth day, do you know what God created on the last day of His creation? Adam and the earth? Adam and Eve, right? People, all right? But there's something else He created, which really surprises me. It's the same day that He created Adam and, Adam and Eve. And you know what that was? Bugs. Oh, I like bugs. Things. Let's see. He created things like, I will show you that in a minute. He created things like this. A fly. That is, I think that's a It's a moth. special kind of moth. A yes. dragon. Okay. Did you catch it? Yes, I caught that. Okay. See it? Yeah, see it? There, you can see it. Take a look at that. Okay. And he created, I want to show you that in a minute. He created bees. See, the Bible says, it uses this word called creeping things. Okay? Everything that creeps on the earth, he created that day. Isn't that interesting? Very Those interesting. Are these are they're, they're yellow, yellow jackets in their nest, and that nice. They can't do anything to you anymore, though. Um, and he created things like this. Spiders? That's a Katie did. And that is a Katie did killer. That makes sense, okay? <laughs> All right. That wasp kills Katie did and eats them. Yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? I'm going to talk about this one again, all right? But you guys won't hear me talk about it, but they're going to hear about it. Okay, and let's see. Oh, I thought this one was interesting. What a are those in there? Spider. It's a spider. Yep. 
and those are baby, baby spiders. spiders. Yeah, and creative sp yeah. spiders. You guys like spiders? Yeah, I pulled this out the other day, and, and the kids just actually just literally ran, scooted across. I don't want to see this. Hey, you like that? That's a tarantula. It has it its eggs, and it those are babies after they hatched. It okay, it's real but dead. Okay, um, it's just so you know that. By the way, I made all these. Is that exciting? Okay, I used, so that's pretty cool stuff. Anyway, I, the reason I'm telling you this is because God created everything, even that. And I think that the neat thing is there are, um, are literally, literally uh-oh, how many? I think I pulled this out anyway. I forgot. 700,000, I think it's 700,000 to 1 million different kinds of insects, bugs. Cool, huh? Let's pray and thank God for creating bugs. Don't you think that's a cool thing? I, I used to, man, I caught, I've caught many, many bugs. I have cases and cases of different things that I made like this. It's amazing. Why, I don't know. They're stuck in boxes in the basement. All right, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for the fact that you, you are so creative that you created bugs. Well, I don't understand that. I don't know why sometimes. But I thank you that it just reveals us something more about who you are and how creative you are. Lord, I pray that each of these children will be able to, as they see the bugs and insects, and yes, even as they look in a microscope maybe and see that which is microscopic, like atoms and uh, subatomic particles maybe, that they will remember the creator of it all. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now you guys can go back to your uh, seats. I want to sh share something. With you. I know, guys, if you want to look at them later, you can. I, I'll try to move them out of the way so the worship team doesn't get freaked out over here. Um, I, I really did make those. That was how I put my way through college um, and, uh, and, and bought toys, you know, I mean, like cars and such. Uh, you you run, a, run your own business a little bit and you can have some fun. Um, and that was a fun one. You met some very strange people. And you're saying, Tim, you're strange. Okay, some very people met some very strange me's, you know. But um, I want to read something to you. Imagine, okay, I didn't write this so that you don't have to freak out. Uh, we're going to continue, by the way, the, uh, the, the, uh, the story of God, you know, and that's kind of, it's almost presumptuous, isn't it, to say we're going to say, share the story of God. I mean, I am, Mike is, and, and the rest of your worship team are trying to tell you the story of God, but there is no way in this side of heaven that we're going to give you the complete story. But um, I, 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 as I was getting ready for this, I, was just, I read this and I thought this is really helpful to, uh, to give some thought. Listen to what this, this is saying. Imagine a universe with no stars, no galaxies, and no light. Just a black brew of primordial or primordial gases immersed in a sea of invisible matter. Beginning a few hundred thousand years after the blinding flash of the Big Bang, the universe plunged into a darkness that lasted almost a half billion years. Then something happened that changed it all. Something that led to the creation not just of stars and galaxies, but also of planets, people, begonias, and lizards. What could that something have been? So begins an article written for National Geographic more than 10 years ago. Now you, you might say to me, Tim, I don't like where you're going with this. I don't care. Um, I didn't write it. I just wanted to read it. It gives us some food for thought. 
I'm not going to enter into the times. I know that some of you are, going to, are starting to get nervous, okay? I'm not going to talk about the times, the length of time and all of that. I, I would love to. We could talk about that. Um, billions and millions of light years just don't make sense to me, all right? So I just, they're beyond my pea brain. I can't get it. Um, so I'm not going to get into, into a discussion of how old the universe is or the earth for that matter. How, how do, however, I do want to talk about the something that happened. The something that happened. I think that this is a neat phrase that this secular author used to write about science, about the beginnings, about the origins, which of course nobody seems to really know what happened there. Um, but what changed it all? Uh, scientists can only postulate with their itty-bitty little telescopes and, their, and their, their tiny satellites and their frail little spacecraft that they send out into space. What might have taken place so long ago? Right? I mean, now I'm not trying to diss science and I'm certainly not criticizing the, those who are, are doing this exploration, and I'm not criticizing those who look into telescopes. In fact, I get real excited about those things. I kind of like those things. I like to read about those things. I would like to try to look through telescopes. I don't know why. There's only one thing I ever see when I look through a telescope, and that's my eyelashes. Anybody with me on that? Okay, that's all I seem to ever see when I look through a telescope. I'm terrible at it. Microscopes are equally as daunting to this guy. So what are we going to do with this? Well, compared to the vast universe, we are extremely limited by size, position, and experience when it comes to understanding what is or has taken place millions of light years away. We are. We're limited. Now, we can, we can get stuff. Some of you guys are scientists, right? Anybody kind of scientifically oriented? Yeah, it scares me when there's somebody scientifically oriented because I might say something wrong. Um, check me out on it. You know, Google it. Whatever I mess up, please tell me afterwards, not during, afterwards, um, so that, that I can get that corrected. All the effort in astrophysics and space exploration causes me to stand in awe of God, the one who created it all. Um, who still, by the way, chooses to reveal himself to us. Now, isn't that amazing? To me, that's what makes me stand in awe. God created it all, and he chooses to personally reveal himself to you and me. Now, you think because some of you, I'm not going to accuse anyone here, some of you might be a little bit self-centered and think that makes all the sense in the world. But it does not make sense to a God who can do all of that. Except He designed it that way. Now, I want, in the Genesis 1 account of creation, we find an interesting account that sounds much like the National Geographic's description of the first day. You, I want to encourage you to go to Genesis 1. We're going to bounce around a little bit today, so you, you'll just have to get used to that. And um, we gave up on the uh, screen because I didn't get the verses to them until I arrived this evening. So, uh, so you're just going to have to actually use your Bibles or your, your phones or 
tablets or whatever it takes you to do it, but you're going to have to move with me, okay? My, I'm not fast enough on the phone. By the time you choose shift me, I'll be, at the, I'll be back at the other one finally. Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, he begins, he says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I got it, right? God created the heavens and the earth. I love verse 1. Verse 1 is clear, it's concise, I have no problem. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But then verse 2, he says, The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Now, you may be wondering why I'm going here with that introduction. Here's what I'm saying. I think it sounds a lot alike. What did I say a moment ago in that, in that article? He says, just a, there was no light, just a black brew of primordial gases immersed in a sea of invisible matter. That sounds like formless and void to me, so I'm okay. I'm actually okay with that because it sounds the same. Now, don't get me, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about times. I'm not talking about dates, and you don't have to worry about that today. All I'm establishing is God created it. We can talk about the details later. It's just that we don't have time. All right? But in the beginning, God created. But the earth was formless and void, and, and, and darkness was, was over the surface of the deep. What that means, or understand, I wasn't there. But I know it wasn't something I could grasp easily. And it's something that obviously we couldn't see. So according to these recent models of origin, darkness ruled over the universe now the recent models, for over a half a billion years. Beyond my comprehension. I'm not going to talk about that. Because I'm afraid you're going to call me a heretic if I say, hmm, I wonder if those are similar. I am a heretic, I'm not a heretic, but I, you know, anybody who says they're not a heretic usually are. Okay? So, uh, just, I, I sometimes could be wrong. Alright? But all I'm looking at this is I don't have a problem with Genesis account and science. It doesn't bother me. I still personally believe in a literal seven days, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Um, but, I, but these things do interest me. And I'll talk about why. But God created all the great things of the universe. God created all the great things of the universe. The scripture said, then according to God's revelation, God said, what, in day one? Let there be light. Let there be light. Day one, let there be light. Before the sun, moon, and stars, God created light. Now that might mess you up, it might mess me up, but it didn't mess God up. God created light before He created the things that you and I attribute light to. That's bad English, but the, you get the point. Yeah, but physicists studying the origins of light believe that light Actually, now they don't know, by the way. By the way, nobody knows right now. That's still debated. Where did light origin? How did it or, or, originate? Okay? And, uh, but right now, they actually, actually, they believe it originated in a vacuum. Well, that makes sense. It key, it's still consistent with God's Word. And by the way, I judge everything in science by God's Word. So, I mean, after all, He revealed it. He was there. I wasn't. Um, so, so He's kind of letting us know. He says, so, and it says that that, that um, he began by creating light. So light was beginning. And then he separated the light from the darkness. I don't know how he did that. 
I don't know how he did that. I don't know how he separates light from darkness. If we turn a light on, we have now made light. But we don't see darkness, right? We have to go and find darkness because it has to be hidden by something. So I don't understand that, but God separated light from darkness. That's all he did on day one. Doesn't seem like a lot, but it is a lot. There was no light. He created out of nothing light. On day two of creation, God begins to focus on earth. He basically creates the atmosphere. On day two, it says that He, he, he separated right the, the waters from below to, from the waters in, in the heavens. He separated those things. What's He doing? He's creating the atmosphere. He's creating what we're going to breathe. I believe that God in creating light and in creating the atmosphere is setting the stage for what He's about to do. His crowning achievement, at least like we look at it, as man. And He's preparing the world that we can live there. I'm going to explain why that is, to me, so amazing about the Creator. Um, not until day four do we see the creation of what we know as the heavens. Isn't that interesting? He's already separated everything, but now He's created the heavens. How does, what is taking place? We don't know, okay? We don't know these details. Don't get hung up on the details. Get hung up on the fact of what God did. And, it, and it's interesting to me that He created the heavens. He set the sun, moon, and stars in the heavens. This is where I think we need to begin to looking at God's use of things to bring glory to His name. He created the heavens. And that, the reason I say that is in Isaiah 66.1. Isaiah 66.1. Let me invite you there if you can because you all already know the creation story, but you don't know all of these things. Um, so we're just going to go to 66.1. And in Isaiah 66.1, what does He say? He says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is My throne and the earth is My footstool. Where then is the house you could build for me? And where is the place that I may rest? You see what God is doing now? God is creating at the very beginning. He's creating the heavens and the earth. And it's interesting to me that God is creating His throne and His footstool. He's creating His throne and His footstool. And I picture the throne of the Son back behind the Father. As the Father sits on His throne, He looks, right behind Him is this bright sun. How many of you looked at the sun lately? It was out today. Okay? Anybody look at it directly? Good. I, I, I figured if you saw my hand, right, you wouldn't know to raise your hand right now. You might be a little bit blinded. But, um, but you look at the sun, or you look kind of at the sun, and it's bright. If you look at somebody's head that's backed by the sun, it's like you can't even see the head because the sun is so powerful. That is the backdrop of God's throne. He throws the moon in there to remind us of His, His care for us day and night. And then He throws the stars up there just to kind of decorate the thing. Isn't it amazing that man builds thrones? There's something... I, you know, I tried to do a Google search of thrones, and you know how hard that is today to get any decent thing out of a Google search for thrones? You know what comes up? Anybody know? Game of Thrones. Everything under the, in the whole world you ever wanted to know about Game of Thrones is there under that search. And I tried everything. You know, every, all, I added words and it, it just got more. Game of Thrones this, Game of Thrones that. So what is, I'm like, 
this is, we're fascinated with thrones. You know, and um, of course, if you, you do finally, I did finally find ways to do that, kind of roundabout. But the great kings, the great rulers of the world, they're always building themselves nice throne rooms with all the throne uh, uh, trappings. And, they, and it's interesting on that. I don't, by the way, I've never watched Game of Thrones. I've never played the video games. I think there's a video game now, whatever. I don't know. I haven't played any of that, all right? I don't really understand it. So if it's a bad thing, don't, don't hold it against me. I'm not mentioning it for that reason, all right? But, uh, but if it's a good thing, say, boy, Tim, you sure are sharp. Anyway, the, the, uh, the, they, they, I did look, and they got some amazing thrones, like that one with the swords, you know, all kind of built. I don't know what that's all about, but it's cool looking. And, uh, but rulers of the world are always trying to build greater thrones. Think about Solomon. Solomon built this awesome throne, and it, it was so great that the queen of Sheba kind of like, whoa, when she saw his throne, and she saw his servants, and she saw the, 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 the palace, and she saw the temple, she was in awe of the greatness of Solomon. Why? Well, because he was so wise in what he put together, and so great, and so mighty, and so powerful. This is what the throne is all about. God said, the heavens are my throne. If we don't get a picture of God from that, I don't know what's going to give us anything better. It's going to say that He is a great and mighty God. And here's the cool part, the earth. Isn't it amazing? The earth is His what? His footstool. Footstool. So before you start thinking you're something, just remember that's where he kicks off his feet and lets him rest, all right? I mean his shoes, not his feet. I got it wrong. Kicks off his shoes and lets his feet rest. I don't know, maybe God kicks off his feet. He probably could if he wanted to. Um, I think that it is to me an amazing thing. Now, I, I would love to go on about thrones, but, but, but God <laughs> created these infinite heavens, in, what it seems at least infinite to us, all so that we may know that's where his throne is. That's it. There is a the reason. I, I, maybe I'm not all. <laughs> I don't know the mind of God at that level. But God is trying to say, I want you to know how awesomely great I am. That's why I'm. whenever a new space exploration thing goes, I don't care how many billions it costs, do it! Go for it! Because I want to see how great God is. I want to know more about how great he is. Keep it going. God created those infinite heavens. Boy. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Just turn back there to Isaiah 40. In verse 21. He says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is He who sits above the circle of the earth, and, the inhabit and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. As God sits in the heavens, He stretches them out. Like, the, like a curtain. I picture that. My curtains are pretty shabby these days, but, 
But I picture God just taking these curtains and of the stars and the planets and he just kind of runs them out like that. And I personally think that that's quite okay that maybe in his, with his fingers he, he marks the paths of them. And that's the picture I'm getting of it. Marking the paths. And so I figure that he can make that light hit us whenever he feel, feels like it. That tells us so we can see. And I kind of feel like what, however he created that speed of light thing. I don't know how he did it, okay? But I can see those fingers putting it up there so that whenever he wanted us to see it, we would see it. And there they would be. And we would be able to understand because he stretched them out as a curtain. But, uh, uh, but the under, other thing is, is uh, I, 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 I don't know. Well, I don't want to go too long in that. But you see the, the little one, not the big one, is my grass. I, Katie did. It's like a grasshopper. Good enough. My grasshoppers I couldn't find quick enough. All right? But the Katie, how are you doing? Are you seeing it okay? You seeing it okay? Yeah? This is magnified. Okay? And God says, <laughs> the inhabitants of earth are like that. They're just tiny little things. That's us. That's how God views us. No, not in a negative way. It's just we're small compared to God. He's trying to help us understand who He is. He wants us to know. And anyway, by the way, back to day three. <laughs> um, I did skip day three in purpose in the creation. I went to day four and then we, we've gone back to day three. Day three, God created a habitat for humanity. You know, I, I like that. You say, well, habitat for humanity, that has to do with... with um, building houses and it was a great thing and and certainly Jimmy Carter made it well known the idea of, of building homes for people who are in need uh, and and through volunteer labor and the people that get the house also volunteer and help build the house using some sweat equity to get in great idea wonderful ministry wonderful service to people in need uh, but God did built a, a does a wonderful job uh, providing a habitat for his humanity his creation and uh, the, the world is a, an appropriate place. Uh, the earth is a perfect place for, for humans to live. If you look at Isaiah 45. I told you we're going to move around a little bit. Isaiah 45, uh, beginning with verse 18. Isaiah 45, verse 18, he says, For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, He is the God who formed the earth and made it. He established it. And did not create it a waste place. He did not create it a waste place. But formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Verse 19. And I have not spoken in secret. In some dark land. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob. Seek me in a waste place. I the Lord speak righteousness. Declaring things that are upright. God is not hiding from us. He is right there revealing Himself to us right from the start. But I love the way He works that, words this. You see, he, didn't, he formed the earth to be inhabited. Custom designed for people. Custom designed for that. I, I, I know we have telescopes and we send space probes. We send out radio signals to the farthest reaches of space. We are looking for what? Intelligent life. We keep saying we're looking for intelligent life. And uh, uh, I honestly don't know if God has created life anywhere else but the earth. I don't know. 
as yet, no one has discovered life anywhere but on this little bitty planet, three planets up from the sun in this medium-sized solar system, right? In this small galaxy. And up to this point, that's the only life we've been able to find. What we, as we've searched, what have we found? We have found waste places. Anything we've found is a waste place. God says, I've not created a waste place for you. I've created a place for you to live. This earth is beautiful. We keep messing it up, but it's beautiful. It is amazingly perfect for human beings. And that's why we get all uptight about the ecosystem, right? By the way, how many of you read the book of Time? The magazine Time? Time magazine? Anybody? What? Okay, my wife does because it's mine. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, yeah? Well, yeah, sometimes. Well, I was real excited about this because I now know something that most of you apparently don't know because you don't read Time. But I have an announcement to make that I think is really profound. By the year 2040, by the year 2040, which is a mere, what? I don't even know what year it is. That's 15, 16 years away, which most of you will live here that long. By the year 2040, we are going to discover life somewhere else. Did you know that? Time Magazine told me so. It's going to happen. It's right there. Right there. By the way, this magazine is so awesome this month. It is the answers issue. Everything you never knew you needed to know. And that's one of those things you never knew you needed to know, right? Now, why am I telling you that? It won't bother me a bit if we, dis- if we do in 2040 or by then discover life somewhere else. That's not a big deal to me. I know one thing for certain. If indeed we find life somewhere else, I happen to already know the guy who created it. I have no problem with that. So God created it. I don't... Why would that be a problem to me? And you say, well, he didn't tell us about it. Well, there are a whole heck of a lot of things he didn't tell me about. But I know the God who created it. And I'll just be more amazed. Send those satellites out. Send the radio signals. I don't know that anybody's going to answer them, but I am a little bit of a skeptic. But habitable for, for us means plants, animals, plants that replenish the air, we breathe and plants that provide food. We eat trees for fruit and for shelter. You know, God created all this stuff before He put man here. So it was all set up. Perfect place. It's like going to the uh, Hilton or, 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 well, I don't know if I go to the Hilton, but um, to Hampton or Days Inn. <laughs> Wherever they do, they got everything made for you, ready to go. Um, Motel 6, which I would never go to, but, um, uh, but they, they, they leave light on for you. God, God created all kinds of things, prepared it for us. He plants for seasoning, uh, grains and vegetables, broccoli, green beans, rice and wheat, seaweed. <laughs> I don't know why anybody eats seaweed, but my Korean friends eat seaweed. And they, they, I had my one Korean friend told me the other day he does not like to call it seaweed. He likes to call it sea plants. It sounds better. I said, fine, I'll go with sea plants. Uh, still doesn't taste good, in my opinion. Uh, God created animals to eat, animals to work, animals to ride. He, he created animals that are simply interesting to look at or watch. I mean, I watch those chipmunks and squirrels in my backyard. The squirrels are crazy. Have you ever noticed that? 
They, I mean, they do all kinds of crazy, you're like, what in the world got into them? You know, it must be what my neighbors eat and throw out in the garbage. I don't know. And, uh, but they're interesting to watch. God can't forget, by the way, we, don't, we can't forget that God created the fish. Listen to this just for a moment. I mean, just indulge me. African lungfish, air-breathing catfish, Alaska blackfish, albacore, alfonsino, alligator fish, American sole, anchovy, angelfish, an- Antarctic cod. Uh, I wasn't going to put that one in there because um, <laughs> I can't read it. Archerfish, Arctic char, armored garnard, armored sea robin, armored head, armored head catfish, armor he- armored catfish. I don't know all this armor. It must be for some reason. Um, arowana. That one sounds funny. Um, arrow-tooth eel, Asiatic glassfish, Atlantic cod, Atlantic eel, Atlantic herring, Atlantic salmon, Atlantic sorry, Atlantic silverside, Atlantic trout. Atlantic really likes to have their special fish. And then there's um, uh, Australian salmon, Australian grayling, Australian herring, Australian lungfish, Baikal oilfish. Anybody know where Baikal is? Lake, Lake Baikal? It's the deepest lake in the world. It is, they have not fully explored the bottom of Lake Baikal. It's in Siberia. Um, and so just, I, we had some friends that were missionaries that, right there by that, and we heard lots of interesting stories. There are fish there that exist nowhere else in the universe, you know, or in the world. Sorry, I got to be, I don't overstate things. All right, but, uh, but it's interesting, okay. And I only read the A's and not even all the A's. There are 32,000 at least that I have the names of at my fingertips. And isn't the internet wonderful? You know, and uh, uh, why do I say this? Well, you know, God could have just created two or three different kinds of fish and I, it would have been fine. We could have eaten them, right? But he created so many. Why? I believe that he creates so many so we can know him. So we can know him. We continue to, to go deeper and deeper in the oceans. We haven't explored... We, we know more about the surface. Of, did you read that, by the way? We know more about the surface of Mars than the place where that flight went down over in... Uh, yeah, I shouldn't have said anything because I can't remember where it went down. Where They, they, they don't know the uh, Malaysian airline that went down. Uh, it says, our odds of finding it on Mars is better than our odds of finding it there because we know so little about where it went down in that sea. It's amazing. Underwater, we know so little. But God, I, every time we know more, we know more about God. Similar, yet very different than animals, God created mankind. You and me. He created us. I, boy, I wish I could go into all the details, but, but you know, we're more likely to consider this as a reality because we kind of sense it, we feel it, we know it. Um, we are often reminded that we are created in the image of God. And that is good news to us, right? But it's perhaps it's also bad news. The good news is that we are created in His image, right? That's good stuff. It makes us special. We're different than the other creation. We're not like the fish. And so that's good. The bad news is is that we are created and not intended to be our own masters. See, we're created, but not intended to be our own masters. That we may not like. God designed us to fulfill some of His greatest purposes to show what He is like, to manage the earth, to represent Him to the rest of the world, to worship Him with heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is why God created us. Although there is breath in animals, there is a unique life in mankind. Isaiah 42.5 uses two words. 
I'm really going to move through here, so you're gonna, you, if you want to look it up, it's fine. But it uses two words, breath and spirit, to describe distinctiveness of humanity. He gives breath and spirit to man. That is, he, he gives uh, meaningful life and that has eternal qualities. Meaningful life that has eternal qualities. He gives man a spirit. That is, the very image of God is made in real humans. I'm just in awe of what he does. This image follows with man after death, by the way, and equips him for his role in eternity. By the way, you have a role in eternity. It doesn't stop now. It goes on. That's the beauty of, of life, of knowing him. Well, God's creation continues with purpose in this life. God created the people of God. And I, I would love to go into that, but I'm going to move down. Um, it, it, he, he called the, the people of God in our, our idea are those who are followers of Christ, followers of Jesus. Um, and uh, he, 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 for the express purpose of bringing glory and recognition to God in His work. God intends that His human creation respond to His creativity by acknowledging His glory. And this is kind of where we get into the response issue. The first response is stewardship. In Genesis 1 and 2, what did God do? He instructed Adam and Eve to take care of the garden. To take care of... They had a job to do. From the start, humans had a job. Work is not the curse. Thorns and thistles are the curse. We are always created and intended to work. And Eden was... The care was kind of a simple joy. Provided fruit, vegetables for the table. Along with stewardship is righteousness. Living responsibly through right living as God's creation. So we take care of the world that God's given us and the people around us, and we live right living is important. God called Adam and Eve to obedient lives. They had one command to keep. One command. What was it? Don't eat from the fruit of the tree, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? It was not an apple. I know it wasn't. Apples are good, but not that good. And uh, I think peach. No, I'm just kidding. I, he said, don't eat from that tree. It was one command. And so what do Adam and Eve do? They go, they eat from the tree that they're not supposed to eat. We're all like that, aren't we? My kids were like that. I wasn't. But all my kids, everybody else was like that. Um, I'm kidding. Um, I would, I'd like to go back to the day where there's only one command. It's just so, so much harder. We went to 10 and then we went to 400 and something. And I don't know, we keep adding. You know, There's more commands and we can't seem to keep any of them. Um, the second response, by the way, is humility. In Isaiah 66, he, he reminds us of that. If you look at verse 2 in Isaiah 66, and, uh, and then we're going to go to Revelation chapter... Uh, I have to preach through the Bible. That, I think that was the in instruction today. Isaiah 66, verse 2. He says, For my hand made all these things, thus all these things came into being because of the Lord... But to this one I will look, this one, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. Creation should bring us to tremble at his word. Look at Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 4. We're going to close with this part. I wish my Bible didn't have so many helps at the end. Revelation chapter 4. 
beginning with verse 9. He says, And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, to Him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders will fall down before Him who sits on the throne and will worship Him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are You, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For You created all things and because of Your will, they existed and were created. This is a right view of God. The 24 elders were created beings, special for that cause. But what did they say? First of all, worthy are you of glory and honor and power. By the way, that's different words than were written earlier in Revelation where it says, worthy of, uh, you're worthy of glory and honor and praise. And we, who like music, use that praise term quite a bit. This word's why is it different? Well, first of all, glory is a good opinion. It is praise. Glory goes to God. It's a good opinion. I have a good opinion of God. Why is it that we always first say, why does God do this? You know, you talk to people about who don't know Christ and they say, well, I don't understand why God would do this. And they sit in judgment over God. God is holy. God is separate. He's better than all of us. He planned it all. So why do we always go directly to that? So glory, He's worthy of glory. He's worthy of a good opinion. He is right. And so we can go with that. And He's worthy of honor. That's high value, high price, high respect. He's to be prized above anything. He's worth knowing. If there's nothing else, no one else you know, know Him. He's worth it. And finally, the power. The only one who creates out of nothing is worthy of power. No one else has ever done it. No one can create ex nihilo. Yeah, I shouldn't have tried to say the word. Out of nothing. No one does. Right? He created out of nothing. He began it all in the beginning. He has the power. So why do we say He's worthy to receive power? Can God receive power from you and from me? No. How could He do that? He has all power. He is all-powerful. Well, it's interesting that, that, that when it says He's worthy to receive, the word translated receive could also be translated take. Worthy is God to take. Now, I don't know. I don't know which it is. It doesn't matter to me. But it, He is worthy to take all glory and honor and power. We lift up glory and honor and praise to our God. As we begin, really, kind of a, a year, again, the fall. As Mike said, we begin the fall. I don't know what that means. But I know some have started school. Some have started other activities. And we kind of shift gears now. Let me invite you to establish who it is that's the center of your life. Who's the focus? Is, is it this God that created the world, the universe? Let me invite you to make me serious about that. Let's pray together. Father, we come before You, Lord God, for You are worthy of glory and honor and power. And Father, we worship You because You are worthy. There is no God like You. There is no God who created it all. 
For we thank you that you are creator. We thank you that we can know you through your son, Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.